Carl Wagner said, uh, you put on a little weight. And I said, uh, I'm just trying to get full of the Spirit. <laughs> Give me a little bit of his hair. Where's Ann Black? Ann, I just made some zucchini bread out of your recipe. I had it at 2 o'clock this morning. I just thought I'd let you know that. Wow, this is uh, quite an honor. I feel a little nervous for some reason. I never used to be nervous. But you can tell when you're getting old when, uh, and a little bit on the heavy side because you can't hardly see the tips of your toes. When I go outside, uh, get ready to go someplace, my wife reminds me, did you zip your pants? Did you? About, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I was sitting at a, uh, oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That sounds like a cell phone thing. Um, a few weeks ago, I was uh, trying to call somebody, and I dialed the number, and I didn't get an answer. There was absolutely no signal. I wanted to throw that cell phone. I wanted to, I mean, that phone, I just wanted to get rid of it. And I looked down, and I had a TV remote. <laughs> I know why old people, older people, elderly people keep telling the same stories over and over. Because you're trying to remember what you said and, and the end of the story. It's an amazing thing. Well, good morning. I want to talk to you today about a couple of things. That One is the righteous will live by faith. It says that several places in Abaca, Romans, Hebrews chapter 10, and Galatians chapter 3. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Galatians. It's no accident that God designed that Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians would be uh, found in your Scripture. And we used to call that God's electric. You know that. And I want to remind you, I think it was last week the young man said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you remember him saying that? Well, I want to say something to you this morning out of 1 Corinthians. Don't turn to it. But it says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the what? Holy Spirit. Who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Let's pray. Lord, it's our desire that you be manifested here. Father, thank you that you sent your son to die for me, for us. Thank you that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding and praying for us right now. So, Holy Spirit, that was sent back from the Father and the Son, come. Come, Holy Spirit. You inspired 40 men over a period of 1,500 years to write these scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. So we need you. So, Holy Spirit, come. 
come. Amen. I want to first uh, do something that as I look out and I see a lot of people that I remember. And, um, and it's an amazing thing to look and see some faces. And I see a few that, uh, that I really uh, haven't had the privilege of being introduced to. Uh, but many of you I know. Uh, well, hi, Frank. I see you. Look at that. I'm Frank. And uh, I, I, I look out and I can name most of the families. But I want to remember what God has done for you. And I remember reading uh, in this passage that uh, the Apostle Paul was on his third journey. And he founded this church in Galatia. And after explaining how about his divine revelation for apostleship, he states that the gospel is a message of grace that calls for faith. That the law does not produce faith, but the law is a schoolmaster to lead you to your need that you need to see Christ. And Galatians uh, chapter 5 and 6 is all about the living out of the gospel and the power of the cross and the energy of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 3, one, three, uh, 3 and 4, Paul reminds these believers of the grace and the peace that came from them, uh, came to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he was amazed that they were departing from the gospel that they had learned. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 says, But when he who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Do you remember when God called you? Do you remember when God called you to receive the grace of Christ? Maybe you heard the word of faith stated in Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I was 29 years before I met the Lord. My fingerprints are in the back of a pew in a, Baptist, in a Southern Baptist church in Colorado Springs. I did not want to give up me. I, can, I know my fingerprints are there. 1969. How about you? That was 46 years ago for me. How about you? Do you remember when you met the Lord? Anybody? Okay. When did you meet the Lord, Tom? Nineteen ninety-four. There's a little man over there raising his hand. Is that true? He's working on it, okay? How about in the back there? When did you meet the Lord? Somebody back there, raise your hand. Now, you had your hands up a few minutes ago. <laughs> okay, go. Ken. Wow. So you remember a time when the Holy Spirit pulled the heartstrings and you gave your life to Christ. Carol? Amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. How about you, Scotty? Oh, my. I forgot. Yeah, thank you. I, nice compliment. How about in the back there? Anyone? 
Floyd? I wasn't, I'm not even born then, so. <laughs> How about someone over here? Okay, Mr. Rosima. Okay, amen. Okay. Anybody else? One more. Okay. Thank you, James. Thank you. Well, I want to remember some things that God has done, not only for you personally, but some things that God has done for us. New Covenant Fellowship. This church was founded by two families that came to Burkeville in 1980. Do you realize in January the 29th, 1984, we met in the Bridgman home, and 29 people signed a document that said that we are going to be a church. But the, uh, in, in 1980, these two families that came to Burkeville uh, bought homes there, and then we ended up uh, establishing the Cornerstone Coffee House in 1982. In 1982, we invited a, a woman by the name of Tammy, a young lady, by the name of Tammy Cherie. Does anybody remember her? Tammy Cherie? Tammy Cherie then was the instrument in helping our young people go to a ranch by Victor Torres. We took a bunch of young people to a ranch uh, I think it was Victor Torres, and he had a place where young people and uh, especially young men could deal with their addictions for alcohol or for drugs. And our, our youth were exposed to how God was turned the hearts of the people, turned those young men's lives right around. New Covenant Fellowship was birthed January 29, 1984, and those 29 families, many of which are right here right now. The church met at the Kirkendall House in Burkeville. We ate together. We played volleyball in the side yard. I don't think Bob Hill is there. Is Bob Hill here? You should have seen Bob Hill and Larry Oaks. We played volleyball on the side of the house, and they would actually take a flying leap like they were roping a cat. They would take a flying leap to try to, to hit that, uh, that volleyball. But we played, we played, and we then went inside all sweaty, and we sang together. We worshiped together. The parents were together, babies at their feet. We were hungry for the Lord Jesus Christ. We prayed for each other to be healed. We prayed for each other to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. We prayed for each other to forgive. Now, has anything changed? Has God changed his mind about being a family, praying together, loving each other? We met at the Owens house to listen to teaching tapes. And we asked the Holy Spirit to help us to apply what we were learning. Then the church met a little place called, I think it was, an, I don't remember the name of the church at Nottoway. It was um, St. Matthew's. Later on, 47.2 acres was donated, and that's where you are seated right now, on 47.2 or something acres that was designed to be a ministry center. We had preaching under the pavilion. We didn't have this building. 
we preached under the pavilion and Sunday school met at picnic tables out in the field. We camped along the creek at the bottom of a hill. You know where First John is? Anybody know where First John is? We camped at a creek down at the bottom, and it was very, very cold. Because when you woke up, your, your, uh, your eyebrows had icicles on them, and your eyelashes were stuck together. But we had annual retreats. We would go someplace and meet on a Friday, and, and, and it would last until Sunday. Praise God for Camp Hat Creek. Praise God for the Roslyn Conference Center. That right, Dwight? Praise God for Look Up Lodge in Greenville, North Carolina. We shared a love feast, reminding ourselves that we were united in the bond of peace. I don't know when the last time you had a love feast. But it reminded us that we needed each other. Now, listen to me. This is really my heart. We're in a day and a culture right now where you need each other. You know what I mean? We called ourselves a fellowship. We called ourselves a family. We called ourselves an army of God because we recognized we were in, we were in a battle there is an opposition going on right now. There is a state of apathy across the land. Pastors are bailing out of the pulpits. Churches are folding. There is such a state of apathy. You know what? We had a lot of people get saved. We baptized them in a swimming pool and in a pond and later in this baptistry. We established a food bank. Hello. Clothes closet. We had dinners for the elderly. We held stews to raise money for the youth group. We took our children to... Anybody remember Fishnet? Anybody been to Fishnet? It was there at Fishnet that my son and Kirk Ray saw a team of, of powerful men that looked like... Um, who... <laughs> no, I was thinking of more of your state trooper back here. And uh, anyway, they would take a bat and break it. And then Kirk Ray and my son David went forward at an altar call and gave their life to Christ in this way. We will remain abstinent and we will remain, keep ourselves pure unto the Lord. Now, I don't know, Dwight may get mad at me for this, but I remember hearing stories about Kirk Ray in his room pumping iron, hollering out to God, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Because he was a young man with a high level of testosterone, and he was pumping iron and calling out to Jesus. But he kept his word. He kept his commitment to the Lord. There was a group of people, and you, many of you are right here, who were uh, hungry, love-starved for God and for each other. You wanted to impact your community. We had read that the Lord was going to come back for a church without spot or wrinkle, and we had spots and wrinkles. We witnessed the power and the presence of the Lord on many occasions. We were privileged to observe Him open up the eyes of a blind baby 
at the Cornerstone Coffee House. When the road to the church was being built, we watched God perform a miracle. As Dwight and I were standing there and he was cutting down a tree and the wind got a hold of that tree and the tree fell over. And as it fell over, it, it just landed with the trunk here and a branch here and Andy Rhodes standing in the middle. It went just like that. Isn't that right, Dwight? We were at Camp Hat Creek one weekend. And we were singing the song, We Bow Down. And someone said, if we're going to sing that song, we ought to do that. And whoosh, the whole group laid prostrate in worship. No one said a word for at least 15, maybe 20 minutes. We couldn't move because the weight of the Spirit of God was on that group. We felt the refulgent glory of the Lord. One man was prayed over and the Lord lengthened his leg a quarter of an inch. Validated by a doctor in that group. We took serious the Apostle Paul's prayer like this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. You see, we wanted to be, and I think you do too, we wanted to be a people of faith. We wanted to be full of the Lord and full of the Holy Spirit. Is that true for you? Let's stop and pray. Let's stop and, and you pray, Lord, I want to be full of you, and I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you right now, in Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit. Speak to our minds. Speak to our hearts. We need you. We want all of you. We want you to have all of us. So come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians chapter 3 says this. The righteous man shall live by faith. The righteous man shall live by faith. And Paul wrote to the Colossians, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Did you hear that? Your faith in Christ and the love that you have for everybody around you. Your faith in Christ and your love that you have for all around you. Now, look up here. I once said, let me see your eyeballs. That didn't work out. Because two people held up eyeballs, and I thought, well, they were glass anyway. How many of you have a, a recipe or a cookbook by, put out by New Covenant Fellowship? Raise your hand. If you don't have one, we'll sell you one. I think we'll. I, I'm assuming they're still for sale. <laughs> we still have a few. In the front of this cookbook is a recipe for how to love each other. How 
You see, if you learn to love each other, then the people in this community will go, Oh my, they got something we want. They got something we need. That's what the scripture says. My, how they love one another. Have you? I don't know when's the last time you opened this up and read it, but it would be great devotion material. I believe there's 21. You could take one of these, one and others, and say, let's practice that this week. You have a man of God here that preaches the Word of God. I think you have elders that love you and want to see this church grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. But you know what? Pastors and elders teach and train. Sheep make sheep. Did you get that? Sheep make sheep. His job is to equip the saints for the working of the ministry. He's not to do all the work. He's to train you to do the work of the ministry. Sheep make sheep. Now, when's the last time you invited a sheep to church? Accept one another. Admonish one another. Bear one another's burdens. Build up one another. Care for one another. You can, I saw the sparkle in your eyes last week when we were together at the Warren house. She felt loved. She felt like she belonged and cared for. My wife and I have been in Deland, Florida. We've been in, in a church. Let me get a drink here. For two years, no one, not a single person, has called us or came to visit us in two years. (laughs) That should not be. Two years. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Encourage one another. This message is to, to be today defined as a word of encouragement. Forgive one another. Greet one another. Be honest with each other. Be kind to one another. Pray for one another. Be of the same mind with one another. And it goes on. I'll let you get a copy. Paul was encouraged when he heard the good news of the people about faith and love. He later said to them, May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, so that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus with all of his saints. We are saved by grace through faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We live by faith. But Jesus turned to his disciples one occasion and he said, O ye of little faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Let's look at that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise. You are all one, one in the Spirit. We used to sing this song like that, didn't we? You are one in the Spirit. Remember that? You, you go ahead and sing it. <laughs> now, in this chapter, in this book of Galatians, Paul, Paul was a, um, really perplexed because some wanted to go back and get back under the law. They, won, they were hearing that you needed to be circumcised, that you needed to keep the law in, in order to be saved. And Paul writes this uh, book of independence so that you could be set free from that kind of erroneous teaching. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Verse 5. For we, through the Spirit by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, verse 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Now, let me draw your attention to verse 13. You were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Watch this. Through love, serve one another. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. We live by faith, but we walk in the Spirit. Did you get that? We live by faith, but we walk in the Spirit. Now, I, I don't know what's going on in your families, but I do know this, that when we were coming up, we were teaching our children how to, have, how to get saved and then how to save us. How to receive Christ, and then how to grow in grace and character. If you have just all of the Word of God, and you don't have the Spirit of God, it's going to kill you. If you have all the Spirit of God, you don't have the Word of God, you're going to have emotionalism. The Spirit of God and the Word of God work together to change your hearts. Are you with me? Are you teaching your children, watch this, how to be filled with the Spirit? Teaching your children what it means to be controlled, whatever terminology you want to use. Submitted, filled, controlled. In Ephesians it says, be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Anybody here had a spiritual song or a song spoken to you? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your hearts. Isn't that a great question? Verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, and then it lists them. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry sorcery, 
enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, and carousing. This passage seems to be very much related to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, which describes a great moral decline. But I want to keep my attention on this particular passage on verse 19. Those are deeds of the flesh, and watch this. One of the deeds of the flesh is dissensions. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, you are blocking the grace of God. Not only to you, but to those whom you're trying to be related to. That's why when we, we the Lord gave this prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, what? We want to forgive others the way you forgive us. That's why it says in Ephesians, Be ye kind one to another. We used to sing a song. Be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving each other. What? <laughs> Here's the point. If there is unforgiveness in your heart, you're grieving the heart of God. Because God sent His Son that He would give us His He would give His life that we might have the gift of forgiveness, and that's why in that um, passage after the Lord's Prayer, He said, "If you don't forgive men, then I won't forgive you." Now He's talking about relationships; He's not talking about salvation there. But I, I want to challenge you today: if you want the Holy Spirit to fall pressure on here and bring a great revival. Then, if you take it, if you will acknowledge what's in your heart that there is enmity or hatred or hurt feelings or you're wounded or there's unforgiveness in your heart toward anyone, then you need to deal with it today and just say a simple prayer Father, you're right. It was me. I ask you to forgive me and help me to restore that relationship with the person that I have felt angry toward. It's very clear that if you have odd against your brother and your brother has odd against you, you go. Now, when I get back to Florida, I've got to go and talk with this pastor. I really don't want to do that. God is looking for a people who will honor his word. He's looking for a people with a passion. Someone like Mary who went to the tomb one morning after the resurrection and she saw the Lord. She didn't recognize him at first. She saw the Lord. And when she recognized who he was, she knelt down, put her arms around the Lord and he wouldn't let go. I got to have you. I got to have you. I can't let you go. That's the kind of attitude I want to suggest that will spark a revival in this church.
save the lost, sanctify the saved, and teach them how to serve. Just a few more things. We live in a day where there's a tremendous appeal to indulge our flesh. I don't need to tell you how the culture is presenting itself in temptations to your families and your children. There's a strategy to capture the hearts of your, of your um, wives and husbands and children. It is essential that we not only have a vision for the church, but a well-defined vision for discipleship within ourselves personally. Do you have a personal vision? Is it spelled out? There's a battle going on. This, there's been a battle going on for New Covenant Fellowship. People come and go. It's an amazing thing. It's almost like people come and go and get, t- uh, get trained and then they go out. If that's God's plan, then get on the train. When it stops, get off. But I want you to know that Satan has a terrible plan and he wants to conquer you. He wants to conquer your families. Because he is a, a deceiver, a liar, an accuser of the brethren. Trust me. You're going to get offended. You're going to get your feelings hurt. Somebody is going to rub your step on your toes and rub you wrong. And now you've got a choice. You can either go ahead and depart, or you can come to someone in leadership and say, I'm struggling. Will you help me work through this? Unforgiveness is, goes like this. It starts with a little bit, I got my feelings hurt, and I feel a little bit of, um, I'm a little bit angry, just a little bit. It's a downward spiral. Then it develops into, oh, um, they don't really care about me. I, I don't even fit in anymore. And pretty soon you convince yourself that this hurt feelings, this woundedness is a downward spiral. And the downward spiral leads to bitterness. That bitterness then leads to despair. And a root of bitterness can catch a church and grab it. One of the biggest issues that I've found, I've been doing counseling now. I've met in Florida with 750 people. And it's amazing how unforgiveness consumes them. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and then we're going to close here. Help me here. Don't get drunk with wine, for this is uh, dissipation or debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. 
I got, oh my gosh, subject to one another in the fear of the Lord? Be filled with the Spirit? Now, I've dealt with some alcoholics. Is it getting warm in here? Everybody kind of stretch around. I started to say, look to your neighbor and say, you don't look too bad this morning. Go ahead, try that. See what happens. You don't look too bad this morning. Now, I could have said, turn to your neighbor and say, you ugly, but I love you anyway. I just want to wake you up because I'm almost done. All right, here's the last thing. Don't get drunk with wine, but this is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean for you and me to be filled with the Spirit and to obey the Lord's command? This in the Greek syntax is in the imperative tense. It's not an option. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. So I want to challenge you this week to say this. Lord Jesus, take control of my life. Fill me with your spirit. And then show me someone that I can pray for, that I can use these one another's, but that I can speak or write or call a psalm or a hymn that they might be encouraged and in their faith. Would you accept that challenge? I want to tell you that if you do, you will start something that you will spark something in this congregation that you have not witnessed for a long time. If the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place, when Paul preaches the word of God, it's going to not only it's not only going to grip your minds and instruct your minds. But it's going to ignite your passion for the Lord. He's going to come back. We know that. But he's going to come back for his bride without spot or wrinkle. It's time for us to get the dress cleaned up. You with me? Okay. Giving thanks to God. Always give me thanks for all things. What's that scripture say um, in First Thessalonians? Give thanks for this is the will of God. So let's close by saying, what would you like to give thanks for to the Lord? We got five minutes. The what? The sermon. What would you like to give thanks to God for? Anybody? Now you're getting a little meddling here. This. I close with this. When I was pastor of this church for 20 years, 1984 to 2004, the greatest statements that I, that I heard or that I longed to hear were these. I want to give my heart to Christ. Secondly, I want to be baptized. And thirdly is, I want to serve the Lord. What can I do for you and what can I do for this church? 
three great statements. Let's pray. Father, thank you for an opportunity to be among your people, a people of faith, a people who have been touched by your spirit, long to be totally full of the spirit, and many are. And yet it's an ongoing process. Thank you. You're at work within us to will and to do your will. Now come, Holy Spirit, if there's anybody here dealing with unforgiveness in their heart. Lord, I pray that they will not push it down. They will take out a piece of paper or at some time during the day, write it out and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be free. Help me to be free to love you and serve you. Holy and blameless. Thank you, Father, for a great time of of the year to celebrate Thanksgiving. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you.